Joining us, New Zealand Herald correspondent in uh, in France, Gregor Paul. Morning, Gregor. Bonjour. Bonjour. So much to talk about. I'm not really sure where to start, but we might just uh, start with the naming of the All Black squad for Saturday morning's uh, match. And the bench is an interesting one, isn't it? Oh, the whole team's interesting. Uh, they've got everyone back, I think, other than Ethan DeGroote, who's suspended. So all the all the various injured bodies, Johnny Barrett, Shannon Frizzell, Sam Kane, uh, and Tyrell Lomax are all back. Now, they've taken a different strategy with two of them. So two of them are starring, Frizzell and uh, Barrett. But they are going to run Kane and um, Lomax off the bench, I think just purely because they can control their game time a little bit better. Kane wasn't running around properly at the start of the week, but is now, so that, that's why he's on the bench. And Lomax, I think they'll just ease him in gently because it was a nasty cut that he that he suffered. So that's a smart strategy. And look, Sam Whitelock's on the bench as well because they've got three world-class locks in the team and they've decided that the best way to use them is to start with uh, Scott Barrett and Brody Retallick and use him off the bench. Seems to be a long time between drinks, doesn't it, really, since the All Blacks played last time in the World Cup. We've, we've been waiting... Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, I have to say, I've never experienced a build-up quite like this because it's a 14-day build-up. Yeah. You don't normally have that because the All Blacks normally, you know, gather up seven days before they play. So this is an unusual scenario for everyone, and it is dragged on and on and on. And I really don't want to hear another story about how well they've been training this week. <laughs> I just want this game of rugby to be played to get on with it. And look, you'd hope and you'd think that a two-week gap—it's a real opportunity now for the All Blacks to explode into their work, hold nothing back here. They've got to win the game. They've got to put a performance down. They've had an inordinate amount of time to get ready for it. So I'm reasonably confident that they're going to they're gonna have used that time well and play well on Friday night. I think we'll all feel the same here, right? Let's go back to uh, the match that set tag, uh, tongues wagging uh, this week, Australia and Wales. A bit embarrassing for Australia, wasn't it? Or I think you're underestimating, or <laughs> a wee bit embarrassing. Like it was, it was terrible. Yeah, uh, I've watched the Aussies for God knows how long, uh, far too long, and that's the worst performance I've ever seen from them. It's probably the worst performance I've seen, and I'm not exaggerating. And you have to remember, I grew up watching Scotland. Uh, that's the worst <laughs> performance I've seen from a Tier One nation at a World Cup. They were terrible. You know, the, the absolute basics of the game weren't there. Their scrum fell apart. You just needed to blow on it, and it fell down. They couldn't catch the ball. Samu Karevi, who's a world-class 12, well, he didn't look like a world-class 12 towards the end. They were shambles. They offered very little. I don't know where they go to from here. And, yeah, there's no point in just blaming one guy in Eddie Jones. They've clearly got systemic issues over there that we've all known about. We're just working out that they're much deeper than we all realised. And that's the big concern for us down here now because, you know, we really only play their super rugby teams, don't we? So that's going to have an effect, I guess, unless they do something seriously big on, on super rugby down here in our rugby game. Yeah, look, massive, massive effect on New Zealand. You're absolutely right. You're, you're, you're joined at the hip. You know, so Australia's got the potential to drag New Zealand down. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean that rudely. It's just that you, you're geographically bound to one another. You're playing the, the same club competition as one another. And it's not helping the All Blacks get ready for test football that they're playing guys who are really, really not up to standard here. So you can beat up you know, the Rebels, the Force and Super Rugby, and you can convince yourself you're on the right track. And then you come up against the Springboks or England or Ireland or France, wherever it is, and you realize Jeepers, they're mm. miles better. 
than what mm. we're used to over here. So everyone's got to be realistic about that. And I think New Zealand and Australia need to build a new relationship, one where they stop undermining each other, one where they stop pretending that they're working together when they're secretly trying to put one over on each other and realize for real this time that the game is in a state over the Tasman and New Zealand has got to offer up help and it's got to be accepted and they've got to work together to get the quality up or they're both going to suffer. I loved your article today in the New Zealand Herald about super rugby changes, as we've touched on, but the props are being hit the hardest because that's the, you know, that's the, that's the front road. Really important when we yep. look at the South African lineup, isn't it? Yeah, look, that's the cool phase where you've got it. That's where you feel the flavour of different athletes, different sizes, different techniques. You know, for a start, the set piece isn't a big part of Australia's game. And it's not a big feature in Super Rugby. They kind of use the set piece to get the game going again so they can run around. So a guy like Tamaiti Williams, he's, he's not actually played really anyone other than Australians. So he comes to a World mm. Cup and he's a big unit. But, you know, there's some amazing scrummages here, different techniques, old grizzled guys that, you know, props from 100 years ago used to play in club rugby and they'd meet an old timer who would, you know, turn them inside out because they had a few <laughs> tricks. They're not being exposed to that through just constant playing against the Australians and it's, they're, they're having to learn in real time and they're having to jump up a massive level to come and play test rugby as it, as it is and then you meet a French guy a wizard old French guy like uh, I can't think of the guy's name that played in the opening game but, it, but he'll, he'll turn a few people inside out if they're not mm. used to what he's up to and that's the same for all these young kids they need to be playing against different sizes and different types of players and they're not getting it through Super Rugby at the moment Gee whiz, it's something to look forward to, that's for sure. There's some work on All Blacks in Italy on, uh, on Saturday morning. Nice to chat, uh, chat, Gregor. We'll talk again next week. Will do. Thanks, mate. Bye. Gregor Paul joining us. Uh, and, of course, a very, very interesting article that he's written. You can check it out on the Herald's website. Uh, Super Rugby changes hitting props the hardest. And it, he is right. One of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet. But if you do get a little quiet time, have a listen to The Parenting Hangover. It's not scary at all. If I bump into a couple and they have a boy and they have a girl, and I'm like, oh, boy, girl, snip. You've got a boy. You've got a girl. Get the snip. You're done. You get to figure out what it's like raising a girl. You get to figure out what it's like raising a boy. Save yourself a ton of stress and money. You've got your perfect little family. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.